and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io Hi there, everyone. I am Carolina Tont, and I'd like to welcome you to the Level Up Engineering Podcast. Today, my guest is another accomplished tech leader, James Stenier, SVP of Engineering at Brandwatch. Welcome, James. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's really kind of you. Thanks for joining us. Before we start, I would like to ask you to tell us a bit about yourself. What are your passions? What do you do? Sure thing. I guess by default, my, my passions are technology and uh, management and leadership. I guess I've written a book on it now, so I have to say that. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really enjoy my work. Um, I really enjoy building things. I really enjoy building people outside of work. I like dogs. I have a dog. I also like running. Sometimes I like running with the dog. So yeah, combinations of those things in some order. <laughs> sounds great, sounds great. Um, and with that said, before we start, I would like to share with you our very first giveaway, dearest listeners. One of our lucky listeners can win James's book. It's titled Become an Effective Software Engineering Manager, How to Be the Leader Your Development Team Needs. To take part in the giveaway, follow the link in the podcast's description. It only takes a few minutes to participate. And um, this book will help you transition from developer to engineering manager and will also help you do your job effectively. Discover how to hire, fire, manage your team and do performance reviews and actually how to build a great team and much more. So to participate, click the link in the description. Let's get back to our topic today. We are together to talk about one-on-ones, which is viewed as um, sometimes a challenging activity for new engineering managers and new leaders. So let's start by the definitions of what we are talking about here. What is a one-on-one meeting? What is its goal? And why do we need to do it? So one-to-ones or one-on-ones or and they're, they're written in many different forms with number ones or sometimes the word one everyone uses something different they pretty much form the core of the relationship between you and your and your member of staff because you know we're all creative people doing creative jobs so management isn't about telling people what to do it's fundamentally about having a really good strong trusting relationship so you can work together and that time that you have every single week to sit down together to talk about whatever you talk about, and we'll, we'll go through that today, really is where you build the trust and the rapport in your relationship. And uh, you build that bond that helps you work together really well. So you're both giving up your time to be together every single week. And as a manager, even though a one-to-one meeting is is not yours, it's, it's it belongs to your member of staff, it's for them. As a manager, you have a really great opportunity to steer your member of staff in a particular direction, to help them solve problems, to nudge them um, towards something that you think you have an idea about, and also just work on the career development of your of your member of staff as well you know, every single week. So you do have to do it every single week. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. This is a many people have different opinions here. Personally, 
from my own experience, I do. I think that having that regular predictable cadence is, is really important so that effectively your member of staff knows that every single week you have time for them. And I think that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter if you don't use up the whole hour, if you book it in as an hour every single week, maybe sometimes it'll only last 20 minutes because there's, there's not a huge amount to talk about. But I do recommend every single week just because you find that with time, you both sort of build up things that you want to talk about and then you get the opportunity and then then you build up things, you talk about them again. And um, that's not to say that you can't talk any other time. You'll be talking all week. But it's just um, having that sort of special protective private space is really important. Thank you for, for saying that. So you said sometimes you might run out of things to discuss. Do you have a one-on-one -on -one template or how do you prepare as a manager? Yeah, that's a good question. So it was interesting because the word template makes you maybe think that you just say the same stuff every single week. So I think it's less about having a template and it's more about having a big bag of different things that you can pull from. Lots of questions that you can be mixing up every single week, maybe different prompts that you can change in and out. So what you should try and do is as the week goes on, make notes and then bring those notes to the meeting. So these can be things like observations about how things are going in the team, maybe how things are going with that member of staff. And, and that can be critique and praise. I mean, praise is really important as well. Maybe you have questions that come up. Maybe the team's building some new particular piece of software. You've got um, some questions about how it's being designed or the architecture. That's a really good topic of conversation to dive into that. And also the information flow can go the other way as well. So perhaps you and your own manager are talking about something that's particularly interesting that your member of staff might not know about. You could share that as a topic of conversation. You could get their input on that, give some insight into what's going on in, in your world as well. And also being able to mix up career development. So every now and then, not just at performance reviews, but just, just asking how, how someone's doing. Are they interested in what they're working on? Is it in line with where they want to go? Are there things that they'd like to try in the future? So yeah, imagine sort of just having a big sort of almost like Santa's sack of, of questions with lots of little gifts in and you sort of just bring out different different ones every week just to mix it up. And obviously friendly conversation, you know, ask how they are, what they've been up to recently, what they've been doing at the weekend, because you are you are building rapport and trust as well as just asking them about their, their job as well. So do you just like watch out all week for your entire team and you have separate documents for each one of them where you make these notes? How how That's does right. the process work? So yeah, the, the process that I use, we, we use Google Docs and, and Google um, Sheets and everything at work. So I've got a private Google Doc between myself and my direct report. We have a, a separate document, each of us. Only, only we can see it and no one else can see it. And we just keep a rolling agenda in there. So I encourage... Um, my members of staff to just open it up and just write anything at any time and then we'll we'll have a look at it together in the meeting so over the course of the week that document is collecting information and then usually 15 minutes before the meeting i'll just open it up have a read through we'll both read beforehand and then put them in an order and then we'll work through them and uh, as we're talking those bullet points also end up with actions which will either assign to each other and then we'll go off and do them so that, that's the rough the rough thing is always a, a shared document and the nice thing about having that document as well is that it's an archive of every meeting you've had you can look back later on in the year you can see 
what you've been talking about through time. You can remind yourself the last time you spoke about career development or the last time that particular issues came up. So it, it's really nice just to have that. You don't have to keep it in your brain. You know, you just you've got it written down and uh, it's always there for you as a manager, which is great. We haven't touched this. So let's talk about topics of discussion. You have mentioned um, talking about their their home life and their work life and what they're working on and how they are with their team. And you have also touched on feedback. Do you give negative feedback in a one-on-one setting? Yes, definitely. Obviously, the way in which you do it is is important. Um, there's a really great concept and book called uh, Radical Candor by uh, Kim Scott, and it's it's about how to give how to give critique and how to give praise in a way that's constructive and uh, meaningful and, and honest. And being able to get to that point in a relationship with a member of staff where you can very easily critique each other without any any hard feelings, you're not attacking each other as people, but you're just attacking ideas and behaviors is a great place to be in. And I think using your one-to-ones as a sort of a frequent opportunity to give positive and negative feedback kind of strengthens that muscle. I guess it's a bit like exercise, you know, the more you do it, the better you get. So being able to use that opportunity to to give critique to, for both of you to critique each other is important you know you should, as a manager should we say hey like is there, are there things that i'm doing wrong at the moment can i do something better tell me about my, what i've been up to in the last few weeks that could that could have been better for you you build that strength and it really helps that relationship be really really healthy that sounds like a, an amazing relationship for you and your team members i have to get down to the actual points so in your documents when you have something of a critique or negative feedback mm. to say, do you write that down in the document before the meeting or do you bring it as a surprise? That's a good question. I think that the answer for me, at least, is somewhere in, in between. So I wouldn't make it a complete surprise, but I wouldn't also write down a very long, <laughs> scathing monologue about why, why everything's wrong. Perhaps you could you know, write as, a, as an action item and say, let's talk about this thing or let's talk about that interaction or let's talk about that meeting and then at the very least they're primed going into it knowing oh yeah we're going to be talking about that and then as a manager at least you can be bringing it up with with some positive elements and some negative elements in in the meeting itself rather than them having going in there scared that you're about to spend half an hour (laughs) critiquing them very heavily um if you know what i mean but yeah definitely priming them helps right okay that sounds fair. Is there anything you should avoid in a one-on-one setting? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. There's sort of different different things. So one of them that you, you read about a lot is trying to not make one-to-one sessions just about status updates. And that isn't to say that you shouldn't be talking about what they've been up to. I mean, that's definitely part of the meeting. But I think where sometimes new managers don't do particularly well is they avoid the career development they avoid the nice natural conversation and instead it's a bit like a checkbox sort of okay so how is this task going okay how is this other ticket that you're doing going what 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 ticket are you doing next and it just becomes very very boring you don't really learn anything and all of that information is typically available somewhere else there may be your your jira board or trello board whatever you're using all that information's there, so you don't need to really spend that time talking about it in person. Fundamentally, you're not there to make sure that they're checking boxes and, and doing their job. You know that that's that's kind of assumed in the first place. 
So status updates try and transform that more into probing questions about what they're doing, you know, getting their opinion on on the direction in which the team is going or the, the direction that piece of work is going. Try and take the thing that they're working on, but find all of the other things around the edge that make it much more interesting and, and insightful for you to talk about. So just don't just do status updates. That's sort of a don't do this boring thing cover of. There's also some other things that, that can happen in one-to-ones. One is sometimes you end up with a member of staff that will just vent at you all the time. You know, you'll, you'll sit down with them and go, oh yeah, hey, how's, how's it going this week? So, oh, well, this thing's really annoying and, and this is bad and this thing takes ages and this person, I really don't like working with them. And, and if you don't intervene a bit, you can find yourself just being someone that they vent at every single week. And venting is fine. Like sometimes someone does just get frustrated with something and does need to blow off some steam in a private setting. And you, you can support that. But if it becomes a recurring thing where every single week you sit down and all you do is, you know, well, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen to an entire hour of them complaining about something, then it's very much your duty as a manager to try and turn that energy into something much more constructive, you know, to talk about how they can solve these problems. How can they engage with a negative situation and make it positive? And I think the other thing that's sort of related to the the venting, which is kind of more on the emotional side, is that obviously as you build up trust with with someone as a member of staff, you know, you can get to know them very personally, very intimately. And everybody goes through challenging times in their lives. And you do need to remember that as their manager, you can help them with many, many things. But there are there are particular things that you really aren't qualified to help them with that they do need external help so if they are having mental health issues if they are having medical issues if it feels like there's things going on in their lives that are really affecting their work you can't fix those problems for them so you need to try to turn that into positive action for them so maybe getting some assistance from your hr team uh, maybe other kind of employee benefits that you get at work or, or referring them elsewhere because you are their manager, you, you can't be their therapist as well, like you're not qualified to do that. So you have to be able to detect when these things are happening and, and, and pull on outside support. Have you ever received some kind of uh, training for deciding what those things are that are outside of your expertise? Not so much. I think you can pick up on it, usually because they often cause you to feel some discomfort. So status updates will make you feel bored. And if you feel bored in one-to-ones, then you need some better material. If you have someone who is just venting at you all the time, you'll realize that you rarely have anything to say. You're just effectively listening to someone who's frustrated. And every time you try and turn that conversation into a more positive place, they just vent more and more. And you, you end up getting frustrated yourself. You feel that emotion. And I think also when it comes to people's sort of deeper personal issues or mental health issues because they trust you and they're they're bringing these to you you know sometimes you'll you'll feel a slight discomfort because you can't help and and you just you just feel that okay you need someone else to, to come and come and be of assistance at this point awesome thank you thank you for sharing that we have touched on this and you said you try to do them every week let's talk about how that works operationally how many direct reports can you have if you do one-on-ones with them every week yeah that's a good question and i guess it goes it goes way beyond the one one-on-one topic so again this is me personally just just from experience and what what i've read is that you know 
I think if you've got more than say seven or eight direct reports, it's starting to become a bit a bit too much. That sort of sounds like an organizational problem that is manifesting in you having too many direct reports. It sounds like maybe you need some middle managers um, to be promoted to help support you or so on. So I, at the moment I have six direct reports. Um, I think maximum I've had is about 10, which was a bit too much. Um, because if you think about it, if you, if you're spending say an hour a week with with each of your direct reports if you have seven of them that's seven hours you know that's a day gone and then you add in the prep time um beforehand for each of those people you also add all the follow-ups you know that's a, that's a good portion of your week just going through that that one-to-one -one cycle and that's not counting any of the other work that you have to do so yeah i'd say five to seven is a, is a nice sweet spot nice thank you we have also touched on this a little bit what systems or circumstances um, do you prefer for your one-on-one -on -one meetings? We have talked about creating this Google sheet or whatever shared document there might be. Um, what kind of environment should you create? Um, you talked about trust. Um, how do you make that happen? Do you ever walk in your one-on-ones? And if so, how do you take notes? And all those questions. Yeah, that's a good question. So six months ago, by default, I would be sitting in a private room. Given the pandemic, we're all at home. So I guess we're in private Zoom rooms instead. Um, but yeah, d default is, is a private room, private space. And you, you mentioned trust. You know, that, that's the important thing. You know, having somewhere private where no one else can hear allows both of you to talk about whatever you want to um, in privacy. Um, People sometimes go to coffee shops and so on. And yeah, that's fine. And I guess it is more interesting than sitting in a in a room together. But it's tricky. You know, you don't always feel comfortable talking about everything out in public around strangers or not strangers. Near our, our office um, in Brighton, there's a, a really nice small coffee shop and people would start going there for their one-to-one -one meetings. And all of a sudden, many people were going all, all the time for one-to-one -one meetings to the point that you couldn't even really have a private conversation because you were only a few seats away from a colleague. So private meeting room by default, um, typically sitting down, but walking is also really, really good. But as you also mentioned, taking notes is a pain when you're, when you're walking. Um, you have to try extra hard to remember um, what you've just talked about so that if you do have actions to follow up on afterwards that you, you know, as soon as you get back to the office, you, you write everything down before you forget. So typically sitting, being able to make notes on, on my laptop, ideally, occasional walking, anything else that's more adventurous than that, I find either I'm too distracted or my staff is too distracted. Yeah, great, go for a bike ride or something, but sure, you can only talk so much, right? Um, uh, and, and just, uh, I, I lose the ability to keep track of what's going on. Okay, so it sounds like your take on this is that the ideal space is where you can actually pay attention to each other rather than the surroundings or or the environment. Um, Absolutely. How do you get started? We've kind of jumped into this this topic and assuming that you have a team and you've been doing this and whatnot. When a new report comes or when a new colleague joins the company, what are the first steps of kind of creating that trust, creating that rapport between the two of you? 
Yeah, it's a great question. There's actually a, an exercise which is really useful for this. I learned it at some management training that I did um, a number of years ago, um, but it's called uh, contracting. And it's called that because you effectively write a little contract between the both of you. So for the, the first time you're going to have a one-to-one -one together, you've never done it before. There's five questions that you can prepare and then you can go through them in the meeting. So privately, start a document, five questions. First one is uh, which areas do you like the most support with? You know, which, which elements of your role do you think that I can help you as a manager? Um, also, how would you like to receive that feedback and support? So this could be things like finding out whether they like being told in the moment, whether something's good or bad, or whether they prefer to sit down privately, whether they prefer written or spoken feedback, that kind of thing, you can explore those areas. Also, you ask them what could be a challenge of uh, both of you working together. And that could be things like you're on different time zones or you're very rarely physically together in the same location. But that could be things such as your personalities could be quite different. Maybe one person is very introverted, one is very extroverted, and then they, they see that maybe that might be a problem. But it gives that, that space to explore. The fourth question is, is really important. It's about how do you know if the support that I'm offering isn't going well? So what are the signs of this relationship not working? Maybe you'll become shorter with me and more frustrated. Is it that you'll become more quiet? You know, what, what are the signs that I can pick up on if this isn't working out and what can we do about it? And then at the end, um, just a, a short question is, how confidential is the content of the meetings? And, and, and that sounds like a silly question because surely it's all confidential, right? You're, you're talking in private. But that covers off things like, if I was talking to you in a one-to-one in -one and then you mentioned something about so-and-so has done this thing and you're not sure whether that's the right decision they should be making, am I allowed to just go off and talk to them about it and say that you raised it? Or by default, is everything confidential and I should always ask your permission, but just, just covering those things off. So, so those five questions, if you both prepare those before your first ever one-to-one, -one, then your first one-to-one -one together can be going through those. And that gives you a really nice structured way of exploring some pretty sort of deep stuff without it feeling difficult to do so. And you've both written it down as well, which means you can refer back to it. So that's that's called contracting. That's the the first one to one I have with people. We always do that exercise. And it's really useful. It's really useful. I bet. It sounds like um it really creates a, a nice structure for an interaction. So is there an example you could share with us? when you have had someone who even after contracting was reluctant to speak to you for any reason or someone who was kind of passive? Yeah, there's a, there's a number of people who um, are just very, very quiet. And I think it's knowing that being able to understand that if someone is quiet and someone doesn't share a lot by default, then being able to talk to them, say, hey, that isn't because you don't like me or it isn't because you don't want to talk to me, but maybe that's just your personality. You know, my, my direct reports at the moment range between people who I can almost just let them talk for the, the entire hour and we always fill the time and there's always interesting things to talk about. So that's very much, I am the, the coach in that relationship and I'm just asking questions and they're, they're following along and thinking about their problems and talking to me. And then there's a complete inverse where there's people who are by default silent and I definitely have to prepare more, come with more prompted questions, and also just know by asking them that if if we do cover everything off and there's nothing else to talk about, that is actually fine. They're happy. It's not that they don't want to talk to me. But with all of these things, you know, I'd always encourage 
just being very open about it and just saying, hey, you know, we seem to never take up the full the full hour. It doesn't feel like there's huge amounts that we we get stuck into deeply every week. Is that is that okay? Is that because everything's fine, or is that because you you don't want to share something? And and usually it's fine. I've I've often um, dealt with people venting as well. That's I'm, I'm a really good listener, but sometimes that can be that can be bad because people can just vent at you all the time. And I remember early on in my management career, so many, many years ago, where there, there was someone who would just moan at me all the time and I had no idea what to do. And it, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks went by. And eventually I just said, hey, like, how, how can we actually turn a lot of this, this sort of venting and, and this negativity about the situation to something positive? And, and they were like, oh, hey, I didn't even know I was doing that. Like, how did you not know? How did you not know? <laughs> um, but yeah. Every, everybody is different. Everybody is different. And I think just fundamentally knowing and having confirmation from your member of staff that everything is going okay with the support you're giving them is the most important thing. Everyone needs something different. Everyone needs something different. Thank you. In the beginning, you mentioned you love engineering things and you love engineering people. And this example kind of sounds like it was it was that in action, you know, like showing a person a different perspective, perhaps. Mm. We have talked about the content of the one-on-ones and making notes and, and getting the notes from your direct report and also talking about giving feedback and even doing some status checks sometimes. But what kind of questions do you bring into a one-on-one? How do you prepare those prompting questions for the the less outgoing direct reports that you have? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think for the less outgoing members of staff, you have to just be a little bit more in tune with what they're working on so that you can ask questions about it. Try and understand what they've got in progress, what, what they've shipped recently. Is there something new that they're learning? Um, is there a new project they're about to start? New piece of architecture they're designing? And just, and just try and be really in tune with that. And then what you can do instead of maybe working against them by trying to build all this discussion around the edges, just try and work, talk about what they're working on directly. So perhaps they're, they're designing a new part of the system. Why not together get them to draw it on a, on a whiteboard or on a screen share drawing and say, hey, like, show me how this thing's going to work. Let's, let's have a look at it together. You know, draw, draw a box diagram together. So try and just get them in some way, regardless of what they're working on, to just expose their inner workings to you, to allow you to ask questions, to allow you to provide praise and critique. Because if fundamentally a one-to-one is about building that trust and, and that relationship over time, you're just trying to extract opportunities in which to do so. So yeah, if, if, you, if you find that they're quiet, but they, they're really, really technical, try and extract that technical stuff from them. Maybe read around on Hacker News for some interesting articles that are in the area that they work on. You know, there's, there's a new a new post about some new particular database or storage system or, or messaging queue or something. Say, hey, like, I, I saw that the other week. Have you seen that? And talk about it together. You know, just try and bring conversations to them. So what whatever they feel comfortable talking about is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. And I think because some people are driven very differently. There's particular people that I could say, hey, let's talk about your career development, what you're aiming for this year, where you want to go in like a few years time, like what, what do you really dream about? And they'll be like, oh, this is great. You know, I can talk to you for a whole hour about this, you know. 
I want to do this, got this idea, I'd love to do my own startup and learn these things. You can ask the same question to a different person and it will just completely, <laughs> completely stop them in their tracks. They go, oh, oh uh, uh, you know, absolutely no idea. So it's about, you know, really becoming in tune with, with what that person is interested in and just trying to sort of pull on that thread and, and just extract it from them and, and, and bring the discussion around it. Right. Thank you. Is there a difference between doing one-on-ones with engineers or individual contributors to doing one-on-ones with other engineering managers? Sort of yes and no. So, I mean, the, the structure and the process is all exactly the same. But the sort of level of abstraction at which you're talking to them is very different. So if you're talking to an individual contributor, you know, it's very clear sort of the bounds of, of what they're working on, what their day job is, the things you can help them with, how the interactions with their team are. When it comes to managers, you know, you're, you're looking at them as the... A bigger box you know they are representing a team it's not just them I mean obviously there's their personal development and their own skills but then there's also the team and their development and their skills so it's this kind of multi-layered diagram so usually it's kind of refocusing about the team and their output and what's facing the team in terms of challenges opportunities it's going well and what's going badly and what can be improved and usually from within there you can then pick up on on threads of you Okay, well, let's talk about this particular person. Oh, well, how's that, how's that relationship going with the designer? How's that relationship going with, with your product manager? Or what about your, your lead engineer? And I think just the, the range of things that an engineering manager can be exposed to is just much broader. So you have to sort of navigate around where the challenges are. I think the other thing that's, that's really important as well is that an engineering manager has a much better view of the team than you do because they are working with them every single day. So the nature of the conversation can change slightly. It's less about the specifics and it's more about a coaching relationship instead. So it's you trying to explore where they are, ask questions, try to get them to land upon something that they're thinking about or a problem they're trying to solve, and then just continue to ask questions to them that lead them to thinking about the solution. And uh, the way I've, I've read it as being described is sort of you try and just keep pushing the thought bubble back over their head. Keep it there so that they're, they're working on the problems and, and you can coach them through. And that coaching technique, is, it can be used with anybody, actually. It's very, very useful because you can then end up applying that kind of leading questions, getting them to think about things, pushing the thought bubble back. And you can, you can coach anyone with time. But coaching is like a, a separate um, topic from one-to-ones. But yeah, you have to apply a more abstract technique for a more abstract problem. Right. If I'm not mistaken, you do one-on-ones... now with with uh, engineering managers right yes who trains the engineering managers that you lead for them to do their own one-on-ones in my personal case the direct reports that I've had as managers everyone's been at the company quite a long time so that they're all people that have reported to me for a long time so we've kind of just learned through doing it But I have also done at our company a few training sessions on you know how how to do delegation, how to do one to ones, you know little simple training packs which are given as little recorded talks, workshops, um just to effectively go through the things that we've talked about today. you know what are the basic process type things of the shared document, the booking time in the calendar, doing it in a room, all that kind of stuff through to here's a bunch of example questions and so on. 
We also have a, a document that my, my colleague Hamish maintains, which is just kind of a dump of interesting one-to-one -one questions. And all the managers throw questions into there. Um, and it's just a public shared document. So people can just pull things out as they found something that worked pretty well. So that's, that's many, many, many pages now. So I think if you have a workplace that has a good culture of one-to-ones and everyone does them, there's not much to teach because they've probably already learned through that being a part of the actions that everyone performs every day. But I think if your workplace has never really done them before, and when I joined this company, when it was a startup, no one had done them before. And it was very awkward because no one really knew what to talk about. It's definitely worth doing a little presentation pack. Um, there's a, a chapter in my book that goes through everything. And there's a bunch of really good resources online with example questions and, and techniques to use. And some more sort of formal workshop training is, is worth it for that. When you guys started, I believe you have been with Brandwatch for like eight plus years. Yeah, a long time now. And congrats to them for keeping you for so long. Um, <laughs> They're putting up with me. <laughs> so so what, what was the turning point when you guys decided that you wanted to do one-on-ones? How did that come to be a thing for you guys? It was kind of um, coupled together with actually having some more formal management structure. So when I, I joined the company, it was very small. Everyone theoretically had a manager because they reported to the CTO, but the reality was it was tiny. So people just kind of came in and did their jobs. And, uh, you know, that's that's fine when you're, you're, you're very, very small. But we started to raise more money and hire more people and then the direct report problem comes up, you know, not everyone can report to the CTO forever. Otherwise the CTO is going to have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 direct reports. So then, you know, the conversations around, you know, we should form teams, we should have some people who are managers. And then the question of, well, what does that mean? Okay. So it means, it means one-to-ones, it means performance reviews, it means having accountability for people's career development and so on, and actually bringing in more of that structure. And, and at the time, that was my first op opportunity to become a manager sort of from within of the company. And I just did a lot of reading, you know, I, I, I bought as many books as I could. There were less books back then specifically tailored for, for engineers and, and people in technology in general. But yeah, just kind of extracting various bits from it, trying to collect resources and, and, and just experimenting. And as we talked about slightly earlier, my first one-to-ones with people were awful. You know, I had no idea what to talk about, even though I'm fairly chatty, I am a fairly introverted person. So being sort of put in a room with someone who I don't know super well for an hour and it's silent, it's really awkward. And, you know, but with time, you know, you build up your, your bag of questions, it becomes more natural. You feel less uncomfortable. You build a relationship with people. It becomes something you look forward to. You know, it's kind of nice to, to sit down with someone and have a nice, nice conversation once a week, productive conversation. Thank you for sharing that. So it was... It was a group decision for the organization, right? You all agreed that you needed some sort of a relationship building activity. Is that what happened? Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it also, I guess less explicitly comes through, if there are now teams, then there are managers responsible for teams. And how do they have access to all of the necessary information that they need? about their staff, about their team, about everyone's career development, where they're on their career tracks and their promotion potential, all these kinds of things sort of, it all swoops in at once. You know, you're no longer just a flat hierarchy 
doing the programming, shipping the product and going home, you start to hire more people, hire people from non-startups who expect career development, who expect to have a, a manager who has the time for them. You know, it's very much the pressure from elsewhere as well. You know, you should be doing this. If you're a good company, this is part of, of doing that. And you think, oh, okay, well, we, we better do that. But I'm glad I got, I got really interested in it. You know, it's something I'd never done before. And, um, you know, I love researching things. So I sort of went down a very deep rabbit hole for um, a while of reading hundreds of blogs and tens of books and, and so on, and just sort of extracting all the best bits and presenting it back to everybody. That isn't to say that it's mandated. I mean, we, we do say that you should definitely be doing one-to-ones, but we we don't say, you know, you have to do it once a week and you, you have to do it. But we, we have a... We have a recommendation, basically, which is an hour once a week talking through all the, all the things that we've mentioned today. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So just one more question. When you have a direct report, do you give them guidelines as to how they should prepare for their one-on-ones? You mentioned that they are expected to look through their document with you. Uh, is there anything else that they need to do? That's usually enough. I mean, just just being able to mindfully, as the week goes on, capture interesting pieces of information or questions or topics of conversation and just put them there for you to discuss. And, you know, you find with time has become people become more comfortable with, with talking to you. That's it becomes less about just this thing they're working on. But maybe they've got questions about the direction the company is going. Maybe they're curious about the company strategy. Maybe there was a particular announcement that went out from HR around new policy and they'd like to get your thoughts about it. Maybe they've observed that you were in this particular meeting about some new architectural thing and they're just curious. That's when it gets really healthy and really nice. You know, they're, they're sort of absorbing what's going on around them and being able to sort of focus it in to that time with you to just explore. And I think um, something I've always found useful, something I do now with my own manager, who's the, the CTO, is try and look for as many opportunities as possible to ask questions about what they're up to because that often opens up many doors for you as a as an engineer as a designer as a product manager whatever you know finding out what what's really going on in your manager's brain because they might ask you for help as well you know through just effectively saying hey like tell me what's on your mind you know you might find yourself with some more responsibilities that could lead to promotions in the future you might get a chance to help out with some really interesting other projects just by being inquisitive. So I, I just, just be inquisitive, you know, be there for your manager, be there to help, ask what's going on in their world and, and offer your support. And if you know where your career is going, then look for opportunities for yourself. Um, That's exactly it. That is exactly it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. We have gone through quite in depth of uh, how you do your one-on-ones and and how you prepare for them and what you expect from the leaders that you lead. Is there anything that we haven't covered and you think is important for our listeners to to know? No, I think we've covered off quite a lot. You just reminded me, me of as you, as you were asking that question there, is it's trying to develop a, a culture at your workplace where this is, this is normal and seen as really valuable. And... Um, being able to have support from your other managers or your other peers 
to help this process be better it is great so i mentioned that that list of questions that you can all contribute towards so you can help each other and also don't necessarily limit one-to-ones to just you and your staff you know you have the ability to talk to anybody in the organization so if you become very comfortable and very proficient at doing one-to-ones with your staff there's nothing to stop you booking in a fortnightly meeting with with one of your peers or maybe somebody else in a completely different part of the organization that you just have an interest in what they're what they're doing you know build relationships with people through one-to-ones and build your network find out about what's going on in other parts of the company and all of this pays dividends when you need to get things done in the future and you need to find out information thank you we we just opened up a a whole new perspective into into one-on-ones <laughs> awesome thank you for joining us today i am sure that a lot of our listeners would like to go into more in depth of what you do i know that there are some videos of you presenting that are really interesting mm. on online but where should our followers follow your work sure so i'm most active on on twitter so um my handle is jstanier um j s t a n i e r i also have a, a website called theengineeringmanager.com which um has blog posts and um there's an article on one to ones actually on there a short one there's also my book which is um out in print now called become an effective software engineering manager pragprog.com is the publisher but you can get it from amazon or any other good bookshop the nice thing about buying the ebook on pragprog is it's it's drm free you can download it as many times as you want you can put it on your kindle put it on your phone there's no limitations so that's that's quite nice and there is a copy to give away isn't there yes as i said in the in the beginning if you have liked this episode first of all be sure to follow james's work and um as mentioned earlier check out the link in the description of this podcast episode and enter a raffle to win james's book so um just be sure to do that guys because i think this book is gonna be really awesome i haven't read it but it's on my list um <laughs> thank you for joining us today james no problem at all thank you for having me it's been really good thank you everyone for tuning into the level up engineering podcast today our guest was james stenier svp of engineering at brandwatch i am carolina tot and i hope to see you next time Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time. See you next time.